All right, magnesium, magnesium, magnesium. You heard me post about it. I did stories about it in the past. I even dedicated a whole show to it. Why? It's such an important mineral. It affects every organ in our body. Bone health, heart health, blood pressure, heart rhythm, brain health, brain function, diabetes, migraines, PMS, insomnia, you name it. It's involved in 500 to 600 different reactions. Every system, every organ, every tissue, and every cell in the body needs magnesium. So I mentioned heart rate variability in the past. Heart rate variability is such an important measurement of daily stress, and it's an important number to follow because it can tell us, one, how we're handling stress, and two, how much we're in that parasympathetic, rest and digest dominant mode versus the sympathetic, which is the fight or flight dominant mode, which we don't want to be in. So 2016 randomized controlled trial out of Germany. What did we see? The intervention group, which used 400 milligrams of magnesium daily versus the placebo, were found to have better heart rate variability, better overall scores. They were more in parasympathetic rest, digest, recuperation mode. They had better vagus nerve activity, which we know is the connection between the gut and the brain, reducing inflammation, better digestion overall, better physical and mental stress resiliency. And this is why I talk about magnesium so much and how it affects our daily stress. This is why I take a daily supplement. Every single day I'm taking magnesium in the morning. And the magnesium that I use is the BioOptimizer's Magnesium Breakthrough. This is the complete formula. It includes all naturally derived, seven different forms of magnesium actually. No synthetic additives, no preservatives, no chemical derivatives. Because you know how particular I am about purity in supplements. So when I started coupling the magnesium with my consistent meditation routine, what did I notice? Well, a better sense of overall well-being more cognitive thoughts, less reactivity, less impulsivity, more just ah, right? And who doesn't want any more physical or mental ah in their life? So check this out. Try out Magnesium Breakthrough. Do it for 30 days. Let me know if it makes a difference. Shoot me a DM, I'll answer it. I just wanna know how it does for you. And you can get 10% off with the special Heal Thyself coupon code when you visit biooptimizers.com slash DRG. And you enter the coupon code DRG10. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash DRG and use the coupon code DRG10. Hey, all right, everyone. Welcome to Heal Thyself. Thank you for spending your time, taking your time, tuning in, rating, reviewing, subscribing, supporting the show. I wanted to take a moment of gratitude. Uh, we've been doing this for just about under 100 shows, almost two years now. And uh, time has flown very, very fast. But it brings me so much joy to have a medium where I can put together some information that's important in my estimation when it comes to health and just to have the response that we did since day one. I just want to take a moment of gratitude um, to thank you all, to thank you all for tuning in, to thank you all for supporting. And really, more than anything, thank you all for making those changes into your life and bettering the health of you and your loved ones. So um Yep, that was my moment of gratitude. And uh, today, we're going to get into something that is in the news and trending, and it is about baby food. There was a consumer report or congressional report that came out, um, and they spoke about some heavy metals in baby food. And heavy metals is right up our alley. If you've been listening to the show in a while, you know that this is something that I cover and I've been covering. So heavy metals in baby food. Also, we're going to have a very special guest. I think he's from, I think he's out of Kansas, actually. Uh, but yeah, flying from the middle of America all the way to Los Angeles 
will be Dr. Lucas. Dr. Lucas is someone I've been following on Instagram for quite a while. He does just like me, integrative oncology when I was in practice. So there's going to be so much we're going to be vibing and nerding over. But really, the point is to empower you all. If you know someone with cancer, you have a level with cancer, to give them the proper resources so they can have the better outcomes, the best outcomes that they can. So really listen in. If you got a baby, if you have a loved one with cancer, or if you're just interested in health overall, this is Heal Thyself. All right, knowledge bomb time. Well, well, well here. Look, heavy metals. This is the problem because it's in food. Now, naturally occurring heavy metals are there, but many of the times that we're seeing these overdoses of heavy metals in our food, they're coming from industry, whether pesticides or different treatment, uh, uh, runoffs from gasoline, runoffs from industry. They're getting into the soil, they're getting into our food. And the most recent one, and probably the most egregious one of all, is it being found in baby food. So you'll recall, I did a show on heavy metals. This was episode 24, and I really went into all the details of why heavy metals are a problem. But to reiterate, heavy metals are naturally occurring elements. They have high atomic weight. They have heavy atomic weight. That's why they're called heavy metals. They're found from industry. They could be domestic, agricultural, mechanical, tech industry, but they adulterate our food. They adulterate our water. They're in our environment. And they're toxic because they bioaccumulate in our tissues, right? So some toxins, you'll breathe in, you'll ingest them, and they'll come out of your urine in 24 hours, kind of like BPA. The thing about heavy metals is they build up. They get into our blood, they build up in our hair, and then they find their way into our tissues, the brain being a major one. And yes, they can cross the placenta. So this is so important because we have to be vigilant, particularly if you're pregnant. So what are some of the major ones that you've heard me talk about on this show? Arsenic. Arsenic is a big one. We find it in rice. We find it in chicken. We found it in herbicides, uh, fruit juices, water. Uh, they affect the skin, the digestive system, the liver, the nervous system, respiratory system. Across the board, it is a known carcinogen, arsenic. What's another one I've spoken about? Cadmium. It's found in tobacco, water, cacao powder. That's a show I did. Rice, grains, shellfish, seafood, organ meat, fruit juices, some veggies because of the pesticide residues. This is linked to cardiovascular disease, organ issues, digestive issues, neuroinflammation, kidney issues, reproductive issues, respiratory issues, and it's a possible carcinogen, possibly causes cancer. Lead, major one, big one when it comes to children. We find it in water, paint, cacao, I spoke about that, fruit juices, baby food, which we're gonna go into, some toys, pottery, ceramics, eyeliner, lipstick. So the thing about um, lead is that it is particularly, has an affinity for the neurological system, the brain, the spinal cord, and the kidneys. What else? It's possible to probable carcinogen. Big problem. And one of the last major ones is mercury. We find it in fish, we find it in dental amalgams, pesticide residues, and we know it can cause developmental issues in children, neurological issues, brain issues in children and adults alike, kidney issues, and it's a possible to probable carcinogen. There's other ones like chromium um, that are heavy metals, but those are the major four that I've spoken about on this show in particular. So the problem is, as I mentioned, they accumulate in the organs and they can affect DNA. They can change genetic regulation. So now we have an issue where down the line, accumulation, constant exposure to heavy metals can theoretically, and we know some of them absolutely do, cause different cancers by genetic damage. So also when we are creating 
energy, the energetic cycle. It's called the citric acid cycle. It's how we create energy in all of our cells. It's like a monkey wrench. Think of a, a little cog that's working really nicely and flowing, and then you just throw a monkey wrench and it just messes up the whole system. Well, that's a problem because when we break down macronutrients from nutrition, heavy metals are blocking or disrupting that cycle that is creating energy. The reason why we are alive, we eat food and we get energy from it, it's actually breaking that down. So we can see symptoms like reduced energy over time where you're like, oh, I, feel like I, I feel like my energy is not what it was two years ago, three years ago. Heavy metals can be a big issue. And also organic doesn't mean no heavy metals. Remember that. Organic means no pesticides, no synthetic fertilizer, no sewer sludge, no antibiotics, no GMOs, no radiation. But it does not mean no heavy metals. So you may have listened uh, to the show in the past, and we've gone over uh, protein powders, heavy metals and protein powders. We've done investigations with it, with cacao powder, with green powders. But now, the most concerning of all is it's in baby food. And one of the major reasons I became passionate about purity in food, right? How pure is it? Advocating for consumer products is because my friend's wife was pregnant. And all of a sudden, I find out what she was taking in every single day. She's taking a protein powder in the morning, right? The doc said you need more protein. So she's putting in the protein scoops in her, in her morning smoothie. Cacaos, she's putting it to flavor it up, make it a little chocolatey. Afternoon, she's having a green drink. At night, she's having a conventional tea. In my head, I go, wait a minute. There's a big problem here. These are, this is a, an exposure to heavy metals, cumulatively, that you don't know about. And now you're pregnant. It can cross the placenta. We know that. One of the best ways to detox heavy metals is to get pregnant. Goes right to the baby major, major issues. So then I started really getting into the consumer environmental medicine part and come to find out so many companies, so, so many companies are doing faulty work. They are ignoring and they're putting out products out there with high heavy metals. All right. So she didn't know it at the time, but like many men and women out there, they have no idea that heavy metals and impurities can affect their baby. And remember, just because it's on the supermarket shelf does not mean that it is safe. So earlier this month, we saw a staff report by the Subcommittee on Economic and Consumer Policy. And the issue is they found alarmingly high levels of heavy metals in baby food. The subcommittee's investigation found top popular baby foods contaminated with the same heavy metals we at Heal Thyself talked about, arsenic, cadmium, lead, and mercury. Also, they found that the industry regulation failed miserably at protecting children. Also, we find manufacturers routinely ignore internal standards and continuously sell products with high heavy metals on our shelves. And lastly, manufacturers' prevalent practice of only testing their ingredients is concealing higher levels of toxic metals in finished baby foods. And this is a tough lesson to learn because I learned it in my former investigation that not all companies act with integrity. Companies can be well aware that they have high heavy metals on their food, and they put it on the shelf. But let me tell you a really nice quote that came from Representative Raja Krishnamurthy. And they were, he's the chairman of the subcommittee that found all of this. There are dangerous levels of toxic metals in baby food. And the levels far exceed what experts and governing bodies say is permissible. So left to their own devices, baby food makers have set testing standards far in excess of what recommended standards are. Or even they are often violating the standards. And the FDA is nowhere to be found in this baby food fiasco. So this is why I'm trying to empower you all, right? How do we protect ourselves and our children? We know babies' organs are vulnerable, especially in the neurological system, especially in the brain. And it's no secret, heavy metals have deleterious effects on the nervous system, particularly the brain of children. So over the past 40 years, the CDC has steadily lowered the blood lead level threshold in children over and over and over because we're finding that lead is more and more of a problem. 
What are we talking about here? Impaired brain development, cognitive issues, lower IQ, behavioral issues. So how do heavy metals affect children's brains? We know it causes neuroinflammation, big issue, right? Because when the brain is inflamed, it's changing the immune response. It's aggregating or building up proteins, right? What we see in later stage dementias, right? Uh, toxic effects of the pollutants in themselves in the brain. It's also the inflammation is creating more permeability in the blood-brain barrier, which is letting in more toxins, so increasing that cycle of neuroinflammation. Heavy metals are an issue. This is like no, this is not theoretical stuff. This is what we know heavy metals do in the body. And now we're seeing that heavy metals are in baby food. So the subcommittee chairman, Krishnamurti, issued the following statement. And let's pay close attention to this. Baby food manufacturers hold a special position of public trust, but consumers mistakenly believe that these companies would not sell unsafe products. The subcommittee staff report found that the, these manufacturers knowingly, knowingly sell baby food containing high levels of toxic heavy metals. I hope companies will commit to making safer baby food. Regardless, it's time we develop better standards for the sake of future generations. Like this is when it comes to heavy metals, and I've done, like I said, the protein powder show, cacao show, green powder show, but really the most egregious, the most inflammatory one is when you know that babies with developing vulnerable systems are given food with high heavy metals. And on top of that, as a subcommittee staff report found, and the chairman says, knowingly, knowingly putting high heavy metal products on the shelf. I mean, if, if, if you're not fired up like me, I don't know. Like this, is, this does fire me up over here. So you're probably asking what companies were involved in this. Which ones do I stay away from for my baby? Well, let's find out. Let's move to the product review segment. All right, product review segment. Let's check this out. Here are the companies that were found to have high levels of heavy metals in their baby food. Gerber. That's, that's one that's been around since I was a baby. Gerber. The Nurture Group. This is the Happy Family Organics product. Remember, organic does not mean low heavy metals, and we see it over here. Beach Nut Nutrition. Hain Celestial Group, that's the Earth Best one. Earth Best, you'll remember I talked about them in the formulas. They're big in the baby world, but I talked about them in the baby formulas. Uh, Earth Best is, I believe, an organic one. And again, organic does not mean low heavy metals. Campbell Soup one, their line or their uh, baby foods being the plum organic ones. Again, organic meaning doesn't, ma doesn't matter what heavy metals. Sprout Organic Food and Walmart's Parent Choice one. So Gerber, Happy Family Organics, Beech Nut Nutrition, Earth's Best, Plum Organic, Sprout Organic Food, and Walmart Parents' Choice. At this point, I would say if you have those, to limit them, to reduce them, or just stop using them as a whole, and let's start moving towards different choices. So here are some recommendations that we can think about. Limiting those foods that are really dense or can have heavy metals, right? So avoid rice milks or rice meals for baby or rice cakes for babies. Anything that is rice-based, you want to stay away from for babies. I, I did a show on arsenic. Please go back and check it. I speak about rice, right? Apple juices and grape juices. These can be high in lead and arsenic. Two, there can be issues for a child's brain and their development. So when it comes to apple juice and grape juice, I would say if you absolutely need to give that to your child, which you don't need to, I would dilute it at least three quarters water with a little bit of apple juice or grape juice. And excessive amount of sweet potatoes every single day would not be a good idea too. These are foods that traditionally can have high heavy metals and can affect your children. But really better choices. Start thinking instead of rice-based food, organic oatmeal, 
already, that's a better, better choice. Uh, that's a whole grain. That's going to be really important for your child, much better. But also consider making your own. Use the blender or the food processor. Put in a good, good fat like an avocado. Add in a banana, a green like an organic broccoli, maybe carrots, maybe put white potato, sweet potato a few times a week, organic applesauce a few times a week. Mix that up and make your own. I mean, if I had a child, 1,000%. That, that would be my move. I would make my own, put it in, put it in the refrigerator, store a little bit, warm it up, and that would be the go-to. But you can also make those different recipes. I, I looked even before the show. There's so many baby food recipes that could be homemade. You can make an avocado-based puree, as I mentioned, a bean-based one, a blueberry one, mango, pineapple, strawberry, kiwi, peach-based purees. Just make sure you're balancing it with some greens, some vegetables. You want them in there. And all these fruits that I had mentioned, make sure that they're organic and the leafy greens and make sure that they're organic. Um, but yeah, it's, it's for, for me, I, I would want to be in charge of the nutrition, the whole, the whole food, the level of purity of the foods that are going in my baby's body versus a company that's putting it in a jar or even worse, maybe even, even plastic. So might've been a lot. Okay. And one thing that I would want to put out there before anything is remember, we're only doing the best we can based on the information that we have at hand. So if you were giving your baby any of the aforementioned baby foods, there's no issue. Find forgiveness in that. You didn't know. But now we do know. So the better question is, is how empowered are we to now make a change? And knowing my audience and knowing you all, you are a badass group of empowered MFs. <laughs> so make that move right? If, if, the baby, if the baby food is one that you're giving to your child, start making home ones. Start making home-based recipe, whole food, nutritious and delicious ones. And there you go. That's empowerment. Tell people you care about. Have them tune into the show if it really resonates with you. And, uh, and it, like always, it's really a pleasure to give you all this information and disseminate it the way that I am. Now, I'm really excited to get to this special guest. Uh, as you know, I did my residency in oncology, integrative oncology. I saw thousands of cancer patients, stage one all the way to stage four. And we're really going to get into the nitty gritty of that part of cancer with Dr. Lucas. All right, everyone, special guest. And look, I always say special and I mean it, but this one is particularly special because he is practicing the same field that I became so passionate about when I was in practice. Dr. Lucas Timms is an integrative naturopathic oncologist, and he practices a really special type of medicine that I saw help so many patients when I was in my residency. But we're going to dive deep into all things cancer, all things empowering information, how if you or a loved one has cancer, what to do. But I can't even wait any further, man. Dr. Lucas Timms, welcome. Thanks for having me, man. Welcome to LA from the, like you said uh, before, the Kansas tundra. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, I think we. Got, I think I gained about sixty degrees coming here. Yeah. So it was. It was pretty cold this morning when I got on the plane, but thankful to be here. Yeah. The sun. The sun. Is out. The sun is it's out. energizing. Uh -huh. It's uh, bringing good vibes already. So um, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So so look, I don't follow that many people on Instagram. Right, pretty picky. Yeah, very yeah. picky you about gotta be. You what, gotta be. the the feed that I see. Yeah, but man, like anytime you put up a put, how many times have I reposted you? Because it's so powerful and true. Like you, yeah. you talk about the things that people aren't talking about in yeah. oncology, and and so many important points. And I'm really excited to go into it. Like I've never had someone sit on the other side of this table 
who literally was practicing the same thing that I was. So we, we're going to yeah. vibe. Oh, for sure. You know, for we're sure. going into it. I'm interested to, yeah, to kind of hear your take on it because I know we both kind of came from the same, yeah. similar training. Yeah, similar training. So, so first of all, what got you into oncology? Not many people go straight into it, right? Yeah. It's a hard field to go into. It's, there's a lot of emotional demand. What got you into it first and foremost? Well, I think, you know, like most big choices in our life, um, you know, it, they're usually heavily influenced by the people around us, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, the reason I got into, the reason I wanted to go to med school and the reason I wanted to get into medicine in general was mostly because of my parents. But the reason I got into oncology was mostly because of my wife, who at the time was not my wife. We were just dating. But we met my first year of med school and, um, you know, just hit it off. About a year into our relationship, she was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And so going through that whole, you know, that whole whirlwind of things with her was really what got me interested in, in pretty much I knew at that point when I was done with my medical school, that was exactly what I wanted to do was go right into cancer, cancer care. And as you know, as a naturopathic physician, there's few opportunities for residencies. And so being able to jump into um, a integrative oncology hospital-based program like CTCA offered, everything just aligned, man. Mm -hmm. And so I knew, like I set my, my sights very early on in med school that that's what I wanted to do. Nice. Yeah. Amazing. And, and how old was she, may I ask? So at the time when we were dating, that she was probably 25, 26. Which, it, which is, I was assuming, younger. So, yeah. and, and I think a lot of people think, oh, you know, when I get older, maybe that's something I have to worry about. Mm -hmm. People get diagnosed 25, 30. I've seen people. Dude, it's crazy. I mean, you know this now. Like, mm -hmm. the, the, the people that walk through my office now, I'm seeing 20 and 30-year-olds all the time walk through my office now. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's super alarming. I, too, did the CTCA residency. So... It, it, and, and for those who are listening, it's really just awesome, integrative, hospital-based. Yeah. We work with teams. We get to see really... It's a deep dive. It's a deep dive. But yeah. the thing that I noticed the most is, well, damn, the people who were going the naturopathic integrative route were doing way better when they were going through chemotherapy, radiation, no or surgery. No doubt. It's wild. And that was so... I mean, like, I, I feel so blessed that I had the opportunity to do that residency. They no longer offer it, yeah. as you may know. Mm -hmm. um, but to be... Uh, exposed to all that, right? It was kind of a catch-22 because it was like you learned a lot, but at the same time, I kind of felt like you almost, it was like Dorothy going to Oz, right? You almost saw behind the curtain a little bit, and you're like, mm -hmm. there's some stuff going on here that's not cool. Right, right. And, you know, and that fueled me to want to really be part of the change, and that's why ultimately I ended up, you know, after six, seven, eight years leaving CTCA because even though they had a great, a great model and great program there, it's still, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. No, I, I, I knew that the first day that I was there. I was like, exactly. what we're working with is, is a paradigm with a ceiling, you yeah. know, and, and it's just not enough. And unfortunately, so many patients that I became close with, I'm like, what do you mean she's in hospice care now? How did that happen so fast? And yeah. it was such a rude awakening in the first yeah. year. Um, but you mentioned 25 and 30, what's going on? Why, why, why is this no more a disease that we're seeing when we're 60, 70? Yeah. What's going on? What are well, your I theories? Think, I think you know, um, and I know one of your big passions is environmental medicine and the connection between, you know, everything in our environment. And I mean, now we're exposed to so many chemicals, which are, for the most part, carcinogens. 
uh, air we breathe, the water we drink, the food, the lotions, the potions, everything we're slathering on our bodies, um, the furniture we sit on, the beds we sleep in. I mean, it's just we're inundated. And our body's designed to be able to filter a certain amount of that stuff, but not to the point we're getting right now. Mm-hmm. Not to the point over. we're getting. It's oh. just too much. Yeah. And, That's and, where the change is going to happen, I think. It's where it's going to have to happen at some point. Yeah, and I think as I started learning more, so I got out of CTCA, we didn't do much environmental medicine there. No. But no. then I took it upon you myself. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I go, this, th- it actually happened when my first patient out of there was a hairdresser. Mm-hmm. Right, and she was twenty-four Bingo. years old yeah. with breast cancer, I've seen and a I'm lot looking. Of hairdressers. You've seen a lot of hairdressers, yeah. so you, so you, and then I go, wait a minute, what is happening in this girl's life? And then that's when I took a deep dive into yeah. it, and I just haven't put my foot off the gas yeah. since. But again, hair people who are exposed occupationally, mm-hmm. major major mm-hmm. issues in my De- dental hygienists. Yeah, see a lot of them. Um, of course, anybody that's ever worked in any sort of factory setting. Military background. Of course, in Kansas, we have a lot of people that grew up on farms. Mm-hmm. So, Air, airlines, flights, airlines, flight attendants. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. So, um, to me, uh, prevention is where we have to put our our muscle if we're going to change the game with with cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, and prevention on the conventional side, their idea of prevention is early detection. Yeah, which is not really prevention. No. It's just we're going to find it earlier and then. We'll, you know, we'll find that colon polyp or we'll find that mm-hmm. calcification in your breast or whatever, and we'll deal with it, and then we'll wait and see if it comes back. That's their idea of prevention, which we know is not really prevention. So to me, it's, it's, it's a few steps further back, figuring out what's actually driving this process in the body, where are those checks and balances going wrong. The immune system is huge. Of course, we know that people, even if they are managing their toxin loads well and, and they're doing things to reduce their toxic exposures, the immune system is out of whack, which can be due to a lot of things, stress being one of them, then that sets you up for that process as well. Mm-hmm. And I think we're also living in a world where stress is out of control. Yeah, yeah. Especially here in America, we, we live in the paradigm of how can I be stressed today without even knowing it. Oh, exactly. And, you know, the, the last 12 months have... I mean, we've seen even it get to even worse heights, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's just all the time, 24-7, fear, everybody be scared all the time, everybody be stressed about every little thing, you know. And so um, we're, we're going down a bad road, but I, I'm hoping that it's going to get to a tipping point where people are going to wake up and say, look, this is not this is not sustainable. So a lot of people go, what's the cause of cancer? And there's different factors, but you did mention stress. To you, how big of a role does stress play in the formation of cancer over time? I think it's huge. I mean, I think it's always a, a piece of the puzzle. For some people, it's a bigger piece than others. Um, I think some people are, their circuitry's wired to where they don't deal with stress very well. So those people are going to be more prone to those adverse effects of the stress where some people just naturally let things roll off their back a little easier, right? Or they naturally have things in their routine that help them to unplug, right? Mm-hmm. If they're if they, you know, someone that lives, you know, out in, in more of a natural setting versus someone that lives in the middle of a city, right? It's like there's obviously going to be much easier ways for the person mm-hmm. outside of the city to de-stress. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it has to do with that. You know, a lot of it has to do with where you live, who, you're, who you surround yourself with. A lot of it's family dynamics, as yeah. you know. Like a lot of people's stress come from their family. Mm-hmm. So um, whether it's, you know... Physical abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse. I mean, 
all those things play a play a role. But yeah, stress is every one of my patients' stress is a piece of the puzzle. It's just a matter of how Ma- big. Massive piece. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 I would fully agree the same thing. And I think you mentioned something very important in in you know stress. Like, how does that stress play a role in the family dynamic? Yeah. And I've seen folks eating the best diet, exercising all the time, taking the best supplements, having a clean home, clean office, but it wasn't until they really addressed that deep, deep stress that they're holding in. Something that maybe since they were 13 has been putting a little bit of stress every single day, Mm -hmm. excess stress over time. And that's sort of when I've seen like massive healing happen. And I'm not saying that's the cause of cancer, the main root cause, but I think it needs to be addressed. And I love that that's what we can do naturopathically is not just look at like magnifying glass to the breast tumor or the t- to the prostate exactly. tumor. We look at the whole picture. Um, so, I, you know, you did you did this post on, on pesticides recently mm-hmm. or a, a story mm-hmm. that I reposted. And and it, it spoke to me because I was, I was like, people need to, this needs to be common knowledge yeah. about how, what the role of pesticides is. What are some things that people who are listening, what can we do better to, which is all lifestyle wise. Like what are some things that really we can empower ourselves if we can't just afford to go see a functional or naturopathic oncology professional? Yeah. Um, I don't want to take a quick second to say, yeah, it's, it, pesticides are huge, but the, the main toxins the top four toxins I find in my patients is the M's and the P's molds and metals, pesticides and plastics. And so those are just across the board. I've been doing this now for how many years and I over and over, those are the, those are the irritants. Those are the ones that keep coming up. And so until you clear those things from the body or address the active exposures going on, it's tough. And so um, obviously, you know, mold sometimes is easy to see. You know, you got water damage, you got black mold on your wall, but, some t- but on your wall. But sometimes um, it's, it's invasive. You don't see it, right? It's hiding behind cupboards mm-hmm. or in the basement. You might not go down to very often. Um, heavy metals, you know, you might... You might know that you have metal fillings. Uh, you might know that you've been exposed to lead paint or maybe well well water. Um, plastics. That's a huge a huge area where most people can start off very simply, yeah. and get plastic water bottles out of their their life, get plastic containers out of their out of their life, um, and just reduce their overall kind of plastic exposure because mm-hmm. that one, especially with breast cancer, as you know, yeah, it messes up the estrogen levels so much for sure. And that's another one of those little, like you said, like those little drops over time that just, like, is drinking one plastic water bottle going to cause a problem? No. But when you drink thousands and thousands over years, yeah, it adds up. Um, And then, yeah, pesticides. I mean, you know, first of all, don't spray Roundup. Mm -hmm. Um, Second of all, you know, um, eat organic. Yeah. Right? Because that's probably one of the biggest ways we get exposed to um, pesticides is through the food. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the big ones, you know, and then, and then supporting your body's ability to filter all this crap at the same time. Right. So supporting the detox pathways, Yeah. you know, drinking plenty of fluids and making sure you're having a good bowel movement every day, sweating as much as possible, getting good rest, Mm -hmm. taking some pretty basic supplements, you know, things that you, most people will be okay taking on their own. They don't need to go see a doctor to take some magnesium or, you know, uh, some B vitamins, simple things like that glutathione. You know, you don't need to necessarily, you know, spend a, a few hundred dollars to go see a doctor to tell them you need to take some magnesium. That's going to help with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So there's pretty easy ways to do it. Um, but to me, it all starts with, you know, looking at what are your active exposures um, 
that's for people that are healthy. Now, if you're sick, you need to go work with someone and you need to do testing and you need to figure out why, you know, what's actually the problem. But for people that are just looking to be proactive about it, I think that's a good place to start. So, and, and thanks for that, because it's very easy interventions that you mentioned, yeah. right? Cheap and easy that we can start doing. Um, I know a lot of folks who are watching or listening are wondering, can I ask my doctor to test me for these things? The, mm -hmm. the, the M's and the P's? Yeah. Um, how do they go about that? Because a lot of folks don't even know that there's testing. Yeah. A lot of doctors don't even test. No, no, there's, most doctors don't. Um, I'd say there's, there's maybe a, there's a very small network of people that are doing the type of deep dive into what causes cancer that I do, yeah. you know, and this is where, you know, we need to, we need to get the word out there, right? Mm -hmm. That's hopefully why, why we're doing this kind of thing right now. And so, um, yeah, we use, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of laboratories that specialize in, in looking for toxins. I know you're aware of like Great Plains. They do yeah. a lot of great um, kits and most of it's urine based, but some of it's blood, uh, blood testing, um, heavy metals, you know, that that's kind of a separate thing. You have to do some challenges and some pro, uh, provoke tests mm -hmm. to figure out those. Um, but this is, you know, the things that I do differently um, than say your traditional oncologist is, I'm not trying to do anything they're doing differently or better. I'm trying to fill in all the gaps. Right. And the biggest gaps to me are they really have no interest in what causes cancer. Okay. Tough pill to swallow. They really don't. Yeah. Um, and so we, we, we try to focus on that. And so that's what all the testing is about. I call it my soil testing. I know you've probably heard that. You know, I know I I said you, the analogy. you've used that analogy a ton of times. Right. It's like cancer is a weed problem. You know, it's not just seaweed, kill weed. You got to take a soil sample, see what's going on, why are the weeds growing? So that's what all that testing is about. Um, the other area, the other real gap in conventional oncology is that they do nothing to really support the human. They, it's, it's very disease focused. You know this. Um, not much focus is put on how do we strengthen and kind of leverage the human's abil ability to get rid of the cancer on its own, right? Mm -hmm. the, the immune system, detox pathways, all that stuff. Um, and then, and then lastly, I'd say that, um, the big gap that, that I try to focus on with patients is to go after cancer stem cells, because this is something that the traditional oncology therapies do a very poor job of. They're great at killing off the sort of offspring cells and shrinking tumors, you know, which is very seductive, right? Because patient, I mean, patients want to see their tumor shrink on a scan. And that's such a seductive thing, I think, for the traditional oncologists is, is they fall into that kind of trap of these, these drugs. Yeah, they're toxic, but boy, there's no better feeling to have a patient come in, show them those scans, and this thing is shrunk down. It's almost gone, right? But we know it's not almost gone, right? Because those cancer stem cells are staying there. And they might hibernate, they might hang out for a while, but eventually they're coming back, and they're coming back with a vengeance. And so... Um, we've been able to identify some, some therapies and strategies on the naturopathic side, integrative side, that actually allow us to go after these stem cells a little, a little bit better than what the traditional oncologist uh, can offer. Mm -hmm. And so that's the way that we sort of, these are the gaps, we're trying to fill those gaps, not trying to take away from what they're doing, but let's just make the whole approach more comprehensive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. And, and, and filling in the gaps would be the way that we talk integratively. This is yeah. how we integrate. Because it was so sobering to learn that there are massive gaps 
immediately in my first year in conventional oncology. So I was talking about it. It's like going to the, see Oz, right? And it's like, like you see Oz oh, and you look behind the curtain. You're like, this is what's going on back here? It was it was just wild to be like, whoa, like yeah. this is this is it? Like what yeah. about, what are we like following them after? Are we talking about right. like what caused the cancer? No. Can we investigate what caused no. the cancer? Are there even at the time, I didn't know if there was, are there kits that we can do, labs yeah. that we can do? So, um, so happy that we're putting this information out to the viewers and listeners that there actually is out there some options, doctors out there mm-hmm. who are doing these type of therapies. Um, so where do you d- direct people who go, okay, look, I don't, I don't live in Kansas, but yeah. I live in Washington. How do I find a doctor? Where do you usually direct them? Well, I mean, I think, you know, we are living in a kind of an evolving space with telemedicine and virtual visits. And so uh, we have, honestly, at least half of my patients come from out of state. Oh, amazing. So we have patients come in for um, about a three-day uh, tr- stay, mm-hmm. and we kind of do our, our, our soil testing. We uh, ramp up some of the therapies that we're able to identify might be helpful for them. And then oftentimes with some of, with some of our therapies, like IV vitamin C, which we use a ton of, um, and mistletoe injections, we're able to monitor and, and oversee those use, the, the use of those therapies from a distance. Mm-hmm. And so we've been able to coordinate with a lot of patients all around, not only around, around the country, but around the world. We've actually had a few people that have come from outside of the States. Um, that said, there are other people. There are other clinics out there. Uh, you know, uh, the West Coast is a little bit more concentrated with, mm-hmm. with naturopathic uh, physicians, integrative oncologists. Um, you know, we, uh, I think we both probably belong to the OnKMP you know, uh, kind of listserv there. And so that's a great resource for people to try to find if there is actually a board-certified naturopathic oncologist in their area. Mm-hmm. They can always go to the onkmp.org and search that. But, but yeah, I'm, you know, I'm talking to people every day from California, New York, Washington, Alaska. I had a guy down th- earlier this week from Alaska. I love that. So, so um, let's say... Let's say we, you spoke about a few things like the stress, mm-hmm. uh, supporting the detox, supporting the immune system. What are other things preventatively? Let's say someone's listening and they go, you know what? You know, my dad had prostate cancer mm-hmm. he, and, and he died from it. Uh, I'm healthy now. I'm 25 years old. I'm healthy. What are just some things we can do lifestyle-wise right now mm-hmm. that'll help empower us before, if and when, hopefully we'd ever have to see an oncologist, an antibiotic oncologist? You know, I think we, we touched on a little bit of that, but... I would, I mean, I really would double down on cleaning up your environment. Environment. You know, and I know you you harp on that so much. I think it's such an important point is like all those little mundane exposures that you have on a daily basis, whether it's what you're using in your shower, what you're using to clean your home, what you're using to do your laundry with, all those little things, you, you need to take a microscope to all that stuff. Get all that commercial grade junk out of there because most of it's toxic. You know, and, um, you know, uh, Environmental Working Group is a great website you can go to to try to find more non-toxic toiletry items, beauty products, cleaners. Um, of course, they put out that dirty dozen list every, you know, every yeah. year. So trying to trying to follow that as well, I think, eating more organic. Exercise is huge, as you know. So you- powerful. And when I learned about exercise and breast cancer, I was like, wh- this is like in itself, if we can bottle that, put it in a pill. Yeah. It would be, be number one seller, number one seller of all time. all time. What do you mean, exercise? Yeah. You know, just movement, yeah. weight bearing, aerobic. It's amazing. Yeah, I still try to figure out how to bottle that up. <laughs> uh, yeah, because you know everybody would take that pill. Right. Yeah, but harder to actually do the work. 
And this is where, you know, you, you got to find some, to me with exercise, you got to find something that you enjoy. Not everybody likes to run. Not everybody likes to do yoga. Not everybody likes to lift weights, Mm -hmm. whatever. You got to find something that's at least somewhat enjoyable for you. If you try to do an exercise every day that you're, that makes you miserable, it's not going to last. So, so, you know, you got to find something that's enjoyable for you. Um, I like to, you know, I like to run. I really do. But I know a lot of people don't like to do that. And so there is an outlet for them. Maybe some people's dancing. Mm Dancing is a great exercise. You know, maybe some people it's getting in the pool. Maybe for some people it's just hiking or something like that. Yeah, movement. Think just move, move, It's just movement. We don't have to make it uh, super complicated. Yeah. Uh, But it needs to be consistent. You know, they've, you know, studies have shown that, you know, you really need to be looking at about 150 minutes a week, which breaks down to about 20, 30 minutes a day. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't need to be a lot, but it needs to be consistent. Yeah. The yeah. consistency is the key for everything, right? Like everything. The yeah, diet as well. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you don't have to eat per. Nobody eats perfect. I mean, I know you probably eat pretty good, but I you don't eat, eat perfect. Not any perfect. Yeah. But if you can eat really good 80% of the time, you're winning. You're, you're winning. ahead of the game. Yeah. So... Super easy stuff, though. We're talking about, like, what's in my home that I can reduce exposures yeah. to over time. It doesn't even have to be, like, that day, mm-hmm. all right? You, look, finish up the bottle of body wash, but next yeah, one. the next one. Go exactly. for go for one, you know? We're talking about uh, eating better, movement. These are basic yeah. things that we harp on, but, like, I think the key that you're speaking about is the consistency element. It's the consistency. And the earlier, it's just like saving money, right? The earlier you start, the more the more, more uh, benefits you're going to reap out of it. So yeah. um, you were talking about, yeah, someone that was 25 and their dad passed a prostate cancer. If they can start implementing those daily kind of uh, benefits and mm-hmm. those daily practices that are proactive and that actually are preventative, you know, they're going to realize that, that benefit over the next, what, 50, 60 years of their life. Proactive. Yeah. proactive Most people proactive. wait too long. Of course, yeah, people man, wait till like, they're, they, you know, they're sick. They wait till the the house is on fire. For sure, they wait till it's too late, and so this is where prevention becomes difficult because um, it does require people kind of thinking as their health as sort of that savings account. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just disempowering people to know that like the, you could do it now, and I love the fact that people can take tests, learn about the tests that they can do, um, ask about them, find naturopathic doctors, even functional doctors, whatever it is. I love the work that you're doing. You said you do telemedicine. Mm-hmm. How do people find you? Um, so our website, I work at the Reardon Clinic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a clinic that's uh, been around for 30, 40 years. Um, and uh, so we, our website is reardonclinic.org. Uh, you can find me on there. Or you can find me um, on Instagram at Dr. Lucas. Um, Thanks for you know sharing all my posts. I really appreciate that. For sure, um, it, it, the, I like that's the connection between you and I. They, I don't know the whole community, but I know that I yeah. follow. You're the only guy who's doing what I did when I was practicing, man. I really wish there were more people out there doing it because yeah. it'd be great to kind of like you know have, have more of that community feel. It's like hey, like we're all sharing each other's stuff and we're all kind of on the same. There's a few other people that that post pretty regularly on integrative oncology, but we need more people talking about it because have to. Like I said, you know, to me prevention's the key and if we're not testing people and figuring out why they're getting this cancer these cancers you know which the conventional side is not going to do mm-hmm. we got to be the ones that do that and so that's what i think hopefully is going to be the main change going forward but how empowering for someone who's listening or viewing going oh like now i can do that like i know that my you mom has it. a history of this we can check that for her my dad has a history of this we can check that for him yeah. 
amazing stuff yeah. because now there's what we're doing is we're offering and telling people that there is there is support there. Most people don't even know. Most people don't yeah. even know. So yeah. keep doing the work you're doing. Keep posting, brother. I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you for coming all the way from Kansas to sunny LA. Yeah. We could use you here. So if you want, you can stay here and hang out, bro. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be kind of nice. It's tempting. It's, it's tempting. tempting. This weather's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. The traffic wasn't so nice. It wasn't yeah. so nice. And yeah. what was your Instagram uh, name? At Dr. Lucas. Doctor spelled out. So, okay. Yeah. Perfect. So we'll be Find seeing you again next time you come out here to LA. Let's do it again. Part two, Integrative Oncology. Let's do it. All right, brother. Thank you. Yeah. What a convo with Dr. Lucas. Look, I had mentioned oncology is a major passion of mine, but really vibing with someone who knows about it, who's practicing it every day is amazing. But the bigger thing is that we can all now be empowered to know that we have access to integrative oncologists out there who can support us if and when we go through conventional therapies like surgery, radiation, and chemotherapy. There's more out there. We can make the process much, much healthier, much better, less severe, less side effects, and that's beautiful. That's empowerment. Thank you all for tuning in, reading, reviewing, subscribing. As always, I'll see you next week, and I love you all.